Assalamu alaikum everybody so happy Ramadan and in today's video I'm gonna talk about something I haven't really talked about on this channel and that's my journey to Islam I mean you guys know I've been making content for I don't know two or three years and it's all about Islam but I never kind of had a chance to just sit down and talk about my experience and the only thing I'm doing the only reason subhanallah the only reason I'm doing this is because um, you know there's many convert stories on YouTube and you know people love to watch them because I used to watch a lot of them when I was embracing Islam so but I'm doing it because I remember some of those stories uh, stuck with me and they were actually a stepping stone in my journey of accepting Islam so inshallah if my story can be like somewhat helpful for someone who's currently looking into Islam and they see all these barriers of entry um, that's the person I'm doing it for so maybe many of you guys will already know this but let's just let's just do this unfiltered unedited probably no cutting nothing it's gonna be a bit longer video but let me start from the beginning so how did I become a Muslim um, basically yeah I'm currently 30 I'm gonna be 32 so I live in Slovakia Slovakia is a country in Central Europe uh, it's a very small country of about 5 million people uh, mostly Catholic I would say about 70% Catholic 20% Orthodox or Greek uh, Orthodox or and then uh, you have um, atheists but yeah that's kind of the background so Slovakia is kind of Eastern European country it's not really um you know i wouldn't say it's part of the west nowadays it is but it wasn't when i was born it was part of the czechoslovakia we were still it was freshly after the revolution and um yeah i was brought up just to make uh, my life story shorter to get to the point uh, i was brought up as a christian as everybody is so you go you learn about the bible and stuff um, but it was never kind of interesting to me but you know you go to the church and i was actually pretty involved so I was uh, yeah I was baptized I did all the things like the anointment I don't know what the names is uh, are in English for these celebrations but it, basically you have a celebration at the age of like seven or eight and then you have one at the age of 14 15 but I want to talk about my relationship with God because that's what this is about so when I was a child I definitely felt some connection and I used to pray a lot we used to have these prayers my grandma would teach me and yeah it would be very nice and i used to go to church um i never kind of yeah it felt very rigid to me the whole ceremony of a catholic church but it was just part of my identity i couldn't even imagine that some people have something else going on like when i talked to some of my friends and they said yeah we don't really go to church i was like what how is that even possible so i couldn't even fathom the idea of not having a church or something like that in your life because it was such an such an instrumental part of my uh, growing up um really i mean everything was about it and i was involved in the church i was helping the priest at some point for about a couple of months i was maybe 10 or something so i was actually was one of the older boys and my grandfather was so proud he was like crying like oh that's my grandson helping the priest you know uh, and doing all that stuff so yeah i did that and basically that's most kind of slovak <clears throat> youth is brought up in this kind of environment maybe not nowadays but 20 years ago definitely 30 years ago and then uh, basically everything started to break at the age of 13 14 when i was introduced to you know you know you grow up you start looking at uh, some vices you start experimenting with alcohol drugs women girls at that time <laughs> and so yeah so that was like i definitely had a fair moment of uh, those experiences and they led me far astray and uh, basically even logically to me i wasn't even convinced of the idea of god at at uh, the age of 15 or 16 but there was some something in me still because i remember during that ceremony <coughs> when the priest was asking me if i have some sins 
because I can't accept this thing if I have some sins. I was like really thinking about it. So I actually believed in it. I remember that was the last time I, I remember having God consciousness uh, or taqwa in Islam. Uh, and then it completely left because you get in, introduced to different ways of thinking. Mostly, you know, at, the, at that age, I was introduced to conspiracy theories. I would watch a lot of Zeitgeist movies and Alex Jones type of things. And I would be like, man, everything is a fake. Everything's conspiracy. Like all the mainstream media are lying and everything is like, there's this like secret club running the world. So everybody was on that. Um, so, and then there was a lot of documentaries against Christianity. And they talked about how Jesus wasn't born on the 25th December, how the all the, the saints and holidays is made up. And that was true, actually. So there wasn't like you could argue those things. And so I was like, subhanAllah. So I got scammed. And then so it took some time, but I basically completely left the church. And I think by the age of 17, 18, I became a complete. I was kind of agnostic, I remember. Um, but I, I became completely atheist. And basically, it wasn't even on my mind, the religion or God or anything. I just thought like, okay. There are all the religions are false. All the you know Christianity definitely has a problem. So my family is just stupid enough to believe in it. But I'm out, and I'm gonna actually actively go against the religion. Any organized religion is a problem. Any culture, any traditional way of life is an issue, and we should just get rid of it and embrace this new, new age that we have of progressing. And so that was my mindset. So I completely abandoned everything and I was laughing at our traditions, how backwards we are, not just the religious, but we have some national things we do, which are kind of uh, not kosher, let's say. And then, yeah, so I was like hardcore atheist <clears throat> and I started reading Adam Smith. Free market economy became a hardcore capitalist in the sense where I would just say we like we should just dissolve their nation state there shouldn't be any nation state we should just have one global government and there shouldn't even be a global government we should have a complete anarchy and just let the free market rule in terms of like let the any regulations any sto state or social system welfare state should be dissolved and there should be only pure capitalism free market economy that was the adam smith idea then i read some marx and other guys and I couldn't like figure out, well, well these guys had some uh, mistakes, but yeah, I thought like definitely free market is the future. And like the only way you're going to live a good life is by being an entrepreneur. But I didn't think it through. I didn't think about death. I didn't think about purpose of life. I was just concerned with the material world. And in that sense, I viewed the American system as the best because I also moved to, to the US. Um, and so I, I experienced it. And then I experienced the downside of it as well. But definitely it was part of your kind of, it's part of the learning journey, right? So nothing, I didn't have any connection to God. At this moment, I'm completely turned off. There's no Wi-Fi receipts, uh, receiving signal, nothing. It's like your Wi-Fi isn't working. You're not connected. Uh, you're just worried about the material world. And if you have that mindset, you will eventually just be worried about prog progress and constant scientific progress and just getting rid of all the cultures and traditions. We don't have to go too much in that, but yeah. And, and so if you have that mindset, it sometimes can be very dark because in the beginning it sounds very cool and trendy and nice. Especially I would listen to a ton of Sam Harris, a ton of atheists mocking, of course, Islam, but all the, all the religions were the same to me. And um, making jokes, comedians, stand-up comedy. My dream was to be a stand-up comic as well, kind of like a Louis C.K. type of thing. All this nonsense, you know, you always come up with the idea of like, oh, what, what's my purpose? Well, I'm going to start a company. I'm going to be a startup CEO. And then it changes, you know. So it's always this kind of catching and chasing some feeling, getting it and realizing it's empty. And it's again, and you set these artificial goals in your life to progress but where are you progressing <laughs> to your grave at the end of the day so that really dawned on me after some years i was like well 
the I'm gonna die and the, the thought of death was really lurking in my mind since the young age because I had a huge car accident at the age of four that I survived but it was like a miracle I was like in a hospital for a month and um, I was really like I had some sp spiritual connections at that moment I remember it right now even when I, um, the the accident from when I was four but I just rationalized it like, yeah, I had some like uh, chemicals released in my brain. So that's probably that. I, uh, I don't need to worry about it. Like that's such a hardcore materialist mindset that you, everything you feel, you kind of just say, oh, well, it's just some molecules. But that mindset is dumb because you can just say, hey, my love for my child, this is just some molecules. Like I don't really have to worry about that. <laughs> you know, so if you really take it, take it to the extreme, it can like lead to human extinction because there is no human soul there's nothing inside of you that actually is like important or a life giving there's no soul you are just a clunk of atoms molecules whatever so that was my mindset and i struggled with it a lot because that worldview doesn't provide any meaning for you and you're told constantly there's no meaning don't look for it it's cool you can just live your life man so you live your life, you become addicted to drugs as I was or alcohol or you do some weird sexual experience which can lead to damaging effects on your psychology and your future sex life. So I tried many things, man, and uh, it wasn't bringing me anywhere. It was actually, I had this deep feeling afterwards of any of these things like, man, something's wrong, something's off, I'm doing something really bad. But since there's no bad or good, there's no morality, you can just do whatever you want, unless you harm other people, liberal principle, principle of harm, John Locke, um, then yeah, that would be like, I would just rationalize it again, like, well, just ignore that feeling, you know, but you know what I'm talking about, those feelings come up. And they kind of create this long term depression type of thing in your mind. And uh, overall, Especially when I graduated and I started working full-time, it really dawned on me like the reality of this world is so dark, you know, the, you have to work, pay taxes. Because when you're in university, you may have some time to think, but when you start working, it really, the reality of this world starts crumbling and it starts like pushing you. Because um, you have to choose, you have to choose your career, you have to choose your family, you, you have to make these choices. And so I would work and I would become semi-depressed because I was thinking like I'm not utilizing my potential but that's everybody thinks this actually at that time because you don't have any potential <laughs> there's uh you haven't proven anything to the market yet or to the world so you have to start as a garbage man or as a nothing cold calling people you know you have to start at the bottom so I would do that and yeah it would make me depressed and then I would have a very dark basically very dark nine month period um, and I was like 20 something when I would have these headaches this was like such a darkness I can't even explain it to be honest as Al-Ghazali says it's something you have to experience very difficult to explain but imagine hard to put into words Al-Ghazali would call me stupid but I'll try imagine uh, just waking up the first thing you you notice is a pain in your head and it doesn't go away it's not like a pain where you have sometimes you pain your head hurts or something or you have a hangover no it's like constant pain nagging you in the brain it doesn't go away and it creates this secondary effects where anytime i would hear a music or sound it would just my head would want to blow it, uh, I was unable to eat, I was unable to eat, unable to sleep. Um, the only thing really that kept me alive was my girlfriend, which is now my wife, Alhamdulillah. But uh, she was the one who actually kept me just alive in that time because it was so dark. I didn't even want to get out of bed. And yeah, I, was, I would faint at the workplace. Uh, I would go for a CT scan, so it would take me to the hospital. And they would put, it's called yodium, I don't know, in your blood. And they would like scan my brain to see if something's wrong. And they would say, no, you're completely okay. And then the doctor would say, yeah, you're fine. But then 
the doctor would say, yeah, there's this disease that comes to young people when they start becoming professionals. I'm like, what? This disease is called, uh, I forgot the name because it's been a couple of years, but there's a special name for this disease. It's uncurable. You'll have it forever and you just have to kind of meditate or like you have to basically just live with it. <clears throat> just just eat magne- magnesium, go to nature. I'm like, what is this? And so uh, when I learned this, I it really... I was like, man, if I have to live like this for the rest of my life, I'm going to kill myself because uh, it's unbearable. Uh, it's just the darkness of your thoughts. There was no a happy thought. There was nothing. And I would just keep drinking alcohol and it would be just a spiral of depression. I can't, hard to, hard to explain, you know. Um, so very dark, very dark stuff. Um, and I would really, I would actually read a couple of books in that time, I remember. And I had Dostoevsky, if you know something about the guy, he wrote many bad books. <laughs> and I would read Raskolnikov, which is this guy who who's going through depression, as I was at the time. And he kills his neighbor and he doesn't regret it for a rent. And then he goes on this like journey of like his soul. He shivers like he just killed someone. And then he realized it, that he's a murderer. And I completely... I completely like... I uh, resonated with that because I just was realizing, man, I'm dying. Like right now I'm dying. If I don't solve this issue, I'm going to be dead soon. I don't know how, but it's going to happen because it's impossible to live like this. And it would go for nine months. So I would not wish those feelings on my worst enemy. Alhamdulillah. It's... It's still incredible for me, not just being a Muslim, but just think back to that time that I made it. Like, guys, when I tell you I was at the brink of collapse, I mean, I literally was on the brink of committing suicide. I was like, nobody could help me. My family couldn't help me. Doctor couldn't help me. I had no moral nothing so dark the that place was like darkness but now looking back at it from an islamic point of view alhamdulillah this was allah showing me this was allah actually this was the only only way he could show me the beauty of islam to go to that deep place because otherwise i would never even looked into anything yeah so so that's very dark but i had this thought of like I have I have a fear. I had a fear. Usually you have some childhood trauma. Maybe somebody sexually abused you. Maybe you did something to someone. Maybe your father was abusive. I don't know. We all have something. And I had something on my own. Um, I'm not going to tell you about it, but I have something. I'm struggling with it to this day. Um, but anyways, I had this thing uh, that was also connected to my health. And... I said, I said, like, man, this this has been on the back of my mind for the past 15 years and it's coming. It's bubbling up. I can feel it bubbling up when you grow up. Those problems you have, those trauma, those childhood issues, you keep bearing them, but they come up when you're older, you know. So you have to deal with them. That's the only way to just kind of deal with that. And I would listen to Jordan Peterson a lot because he also compared to just going face to face with your biggest fear and slaying the dragon. So that was my phase of JP like six, five years ago, I don't know. And I would be like, man, what the hell? I'm, I'm still going to die. So I rationalized it like I'm going to die either from this illness. And if this other thing is going to kill me, let me just face it. So I remember going to a doctor's checkup. I mean, this is crazy. And um, this just shivering because it's like you're going to a death sentence. I knew it's going to be something bad. And uh, subhanAllah, when the procedure happened, they told me there's nothing wrong. It's it's fine. The amount of the 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 stone or what do you call the weight, the weight that was in my soul that got lifted. Fifteen years of like pressure, carrying this like something from my childhood, and I I lift it lifted. I could finally breathe. I was laughing. I was joyful. I was crying. I was like, this is the best moment of my life. And to this day, besides the shahada. This is the best moment of my life when I confronted my biggest fear. And from that moment, I told myself, man, look, 
if you can confront the biggest fear, this fear that I had was bigger than going and fighting someone or starting a company or going to the moon. That's nothing compared to what I had to go through. So I said, if I can conquer this fear, I'm, de I'm definitely able to conquer the fear of public speaking, the fear of starting my company, the fear of that. And so then, since then, it was like a roller coaster of things that happened. And so what happened next was I left my job. I started my company and I also moved to Prague. I have uh, the pain went away. The pain went away from my head. So that was like, I couldn't believe it. I could finally see like life colors. It was incredible. I was still living a, a, a bad life in terms of drugs or alcohol, but finally I could see, I could see some, something happening. Something was happening in the, in the zeitgeist in my head. Yeah. And so from that moment in time, I was kind of like, I had this sense of like, well, I'm not going to be afraid anymore of anything. Like if I'm going to die, I already died. I already went to like something that could kill me. So why would I be afraid to die again if I'm still going to die? And that has to do with death again. So even as a non-believer, I realized death is in imminent. It's coming. And when I was faced with death, when I was like really looking at it, I was like, let's do it, man. If I die, hey, at least. And I, but they took me 15 years to face death. So that experience, I don't know what it taught me. It was like, man, you can't, you're running in circles. You cannot escape this death thing. And then it would make me like semi depressed in a different way where I was like nihilistic. So I was like, what, what is the point of life then? If the death is imminent and I'm starting my business, I'm making money, I'm doing all this. I moved here and there what's the point of all this? Because I was like really struggling and hustling. Uh, my company wasn't making any money. I was in debt. People were dragging me. Uh, one guy wanted to sue me. You know, you learn your entrepreneurship mistakes. Some invoices don't get paid, man. Hey, what you gonna do? All this. I'm like, subhanAllah. I was, and I, I'm looking at my friends. Everybody's like successful and I'm the only one going down. You know, and I thought like, is my life gonna be like, shit you know am i gonna be like a, a loser and it w i would just smoke a lot of weed and stuff as well anyways this would go on for a couple of years i would be then more successful more successful and then i joined the company the company asked me to join their board and kind of like be part of a growth it's a software company so that was a huge also step up for me but i also had my own company by that point and that that led me to to islam in a very strange way so i would be looking up you know i'm on youtube and i would be documenting my youtube kind of thing so i would be already like i would i always had this idea of sharing what i know with people so my youtube in the beginning was about kind of like motivation but i've realized one thing one guy said like the the things you google or look up more that's the thing you're interested in and i would look up a lot of about death and so i would make a video it's still on my channel to this day it's one of my oldest videos uh, how is seneca the most death accepting philosopher i would have this uh, even as a child i would have this idea to figure out death and so I would read Seneca's books. I would read Marcus Aurelius or like some, some of the ancient philosophers. It was very helpful. It was like this powerful, powerful quotes, stoicism, right? But it still wasn't enough. It was like, man, they were fine with death, but I'm not. Like I have to kind of go deeper than they. Uh, so what's next? What's after these philosophies you kind of looked at? What's the purpose? You know, what is the point of life? You know? Like, really, let's get down to the business. And I realized I cannot be the only person on earth who's thinking this. It's impossible. There must have been someone who came to the same conclusion, like, okay, this is nice, but there has to be something else. And so I would then, uh, you know, since I'm on YouTube, I would get recommendations. And I remember, I mean, a couple of debates, but I remember mainly a uh, couple of videos that made the biggest impact. And maybe Sajid is watching, so... This is, this is for you because you've commented on some of my videos, but he made a video about why is music haram. Uh, 
and I was completely Islam wasn't even on my radar. I did make a video against Islam in uh, 2015 or something like this. It's no longer on my channel, but it wasn't from the point of view I wanted to learn anything. It was just like taking out the verses of violence and you know doing some breakdown of them. So it was kind of like your typical low-level ex-Muslim stuff, but from a point of view of no one. So it was a really bad video, um, but that was my only exposure to Islam. And I traveled to Istanbul and some places and I seen the mosque, but I was definitely not even thinking. It's like, are you thinking of Buddhism? Are you thinking of Hinduism all day? No, it's like, yeah, I know about it, so what? Or are you thinking of Shintoism? No, it's like religion in Japan. So, so you know, like that type of relationship. I know it exists, it's evil and okay, cool. Um, and so, but I would watch that video, I remember, and I was like, man, that makes sense, but it's such an extreme point of view, because I've realized, man, have I been lied to, not just be about Jesus and Christianity, but everything? Like, look at the music, he, he, he made a statement, well, if you turn off the music and you just listen to the lyrics, it's actually like very demonic, and it's like bad. But just because there's beat and we accept it in our head, I was like, man, that's that's so true, that's so true. And he would, I think, he made some music in the in the past before he became a Muslim. And I was like, and he said, like, if people can't even comprehend this point, then they are so deep in like indoctrination with Spotify and all these things. And I would listen to a lot of rap music, and I was like, Subhanallah, that's true. Like, we are addicted to music. Everywhere I go, I put it on my. Uh, in my ears and stuff. So I would be like, man, that was my first exposure to a Muslim. And then I think Kobe Bryant died. And I watched a couple of videos about death again. There was like a Muslim guy. I don't know what his name. He had the big beard. It was the first guy I watched with a big, big beard <laughs> in, a, in like Muslim, Islamic clothes. And he said something like, death is coming to everybody. You know, like Allah promises death. And I was like, yeah, like, I know. So what do you, what's the solution? Do you guys have anything? <laughs> and then I would get into, I think, recommending uh, some of the YouTube debates. So I would get into hijab. Uh, I think I watched a ton of hijab videos arguing in the park with atheists. And they would be really cool debates, like long debates, like 30, 40 minutes, and they would just be on one issue. And that was so crucial for me because I had to get these barriers from my head like science can solve everything, all this, and hijab, but also other guys, they would just slowly start deconstructing, like, no, science cannot solve anything because it's it's predicated on logic and mathematics, which is not, um, which is self-evident without science. There are things which are uh, first principles, which we adopt. Uh, for example, just the reality that this world exists, there's no way to scientifically prove this. Because science is in this world, but we all accept it to move forward. So I would just be exposed to that type of thinking, that Islamic philosophy. And I was like, man, this is like something new. This is finally some new way of thinking about the world, which is like very, very, not radical, but very, it goes straight to the heart. Like music, haram. Why? Because it's and straight to the heart. Why women cover? And then... As far as they would explain it, I was like, man, yeah, all day I'm looking at women. Like if, when I was, you know, I mean, I'm a man, so obviously, but I would be like, I can't even look at a woman without thinking of having sex with her. And yeah, it's true. The hijab makes, makes her protected against myself. And I know when I was drunk, what I was doing with women or what, you know, and it wasn't always nice. And so I know what men can do. I know, and you don't even have to explain to me through rational arguments. So that made complete sense to me. And all these rules in Islam that seem so like weird in the beginning, then you look at it, yes, that is actually the truth. <laughs> but nobody wants to admit it. Nobody wants to admit it. But anyway, so I would get like get to these debates. But more more importantly, it was about um, Allah, because I was still an atheist. So yeah, these are nice things. But what about Allah? what's what's this thing and basically it took me a couple of months to go deep into the cosmological arguments because i couldn't follow them for a while they were too complex for me but sometimes it would make sense like the infinite regress cannot happen yeah that's that's true and so the the universe had to have a beginning which was 
which was not created and it had to be eternal for it to even start. And so those things would make sense to me. And then I watched anti-arguments and they would also make sense to me, but less. And then I would, would watch the response and it goes back and forth. And at some point I said, well, there's no other explanation. Like the universe had to have a beginning and this is the best explanation. Like at, at that moment, at the end, the atheist or the, whoever was like agnostic would just say, well, we just don't know. We can't say for sure that was their explanation. Or they would say, maybe there's another way. Maybe there's like um, another way to explain this. Just we shouldn't jump to conclusions. You know, they would just go to that. And I was like, why are you guys going there if this is like the only option there's no other option <laughs> because everything else is contingent it, it depends on something else to exist there is an only option is an independent eternal cause behind everything so why are you guys jumping out and i realized oh because it's oh now we're talking about something that has you know uh responsibilities or there's this like when you realize god must be real or god is probably real there's this like heaviness with that. It's like, whoa, I've been living my life like a jahil for the past 30 years. What's what to do? You know, how is that possible? Like, and since then, I basically became convinced that this God exists. But this was still like four years ago. So this was still very early. But I became a theist. I became someone who believes in this eternal force. Um, I wasn't identifying with Islam at all, but it was sympathetic to me, and it was the only religion which was like, which was like making more sense to me. But I was like, still, it's still nuts. <laughs> like I still think it's too much. I still think these rules. What does it like? How does you know, whatever? How, some of the rules in Islam, I couldn't make sense of it. Like, how? Why would God do that? Like, why would God care about divorce law? You know, and stuff like that. I wouldn't read the Quran. I was, it was just sympathetic, but I realized I came to conclusion that uh, God is real because of Islamic guys on YouTube, you know. And then, so this would go for a while, and my wife, you know, was watching me from a distance, and she would like make jokes like, "Haha, you're a Muslim now," and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna become Muslim." It was just like funny, but at the end, it was like. Man, this really makes sense, but I'm definitely not becoming a Muslim. But let me let me create my own religion. So this was my next step. Um, since I knew like man-made religions exist and Islam is one of them, I said like I'm not gonna do any Islam. That's nuts. But I know God is real. I know it for sure. There's no other option. You would have to convince me through the argument. So I said. Well, I'm gonna. I, I wanna. I have this. I want this connection. You know, I want this connection with this thing. I know it exists. So I would pray, but I would pray in an Islamic way. I would put my head on the floor, and I would beg God, like, "Hey, God, in my language, if you're real, please help me, guide me, help me see what's the truth. Just guide me to accept it in my heart," which is an Islamic prayer in a sense, but. I would just do that and I would pray like a couple of times a day. I would even pray at work. So I would be praying at the toilet. I didn't know it was haram, but I would be praying anywhere I could. Just like in an Islamic way. So I would be like, I would just bow down. I wouldn't recite anything. I would just bow down and I would just pray. Like make some long duas in my language. And that's it. And this would take like a year, really. Like this would be like a year. But that allowed me to build a relationship with something higher. So I had this concept already. And then I would watch a lot of Mike Tyson videos and Habib Nurmagomedov and how they are, you know, Muslim and how their concepts of death and life. I was like resonating with it so much, so much. It would be really incredible what I would resonate with and especially when I watched the Khabib documentary about his life in Dagestan I was like it's so beautiful what ties these these guys together and I was like man we we were missing something here so I would be looking at Islam from a high level point of view like a societal perspective um, and I would be saying like hey, it's so beautiful to have this force above you to, to 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 tell you what to do to you know if you really believe in it it really is a game changer for your life because it's constantly watching you. You have this purpose in your life. And I wanted that purpose. I wanted it. I would be like, when I would look at a Muslim, I would be like envious. Like he's got something. I don't have I don't have it. I don't know how to get it. Because there's many people who left, 
Christianity and they say, I would like to have a relationship with God, but I can't. Oh, I envy religious people. That's because there are so many irrational barriers in Christianity to accept it that you have to be delusional at some point to accept the crucifixion, the resurrection, the all these doctrines, Trinity, like that. You have to go through so much trouble to accept this. And it will be a problem because in your brain you will have this cognitive dissonance. You will not be able to rationalize these things. So that's a ton of people in the West have this experience when they bounce off Christianity and they leave it. But they don't know, like in Islam, there's no barrier. It's like easy to get to Allah. It's like there's just one God. Like forget Trinity, forget all this crucifixion nonsense and original sin. Just this is Allah, purpose of life, worship me. And this is such a, such a natural way of doing it, you know, so anyways, subhanAllah, where was I? So I'm watching debates, I'm creating my own religion. And then, uh, yeah, I had this moment of fitra awakening. So I had this moment of jogging. I would watch a lot of Islamic speakers. I would watch a lot of Islamic lectures at this point. So I would be hooked. I would be like, man... I really like this Islam thing now. I would be like first time exposed to like, what is Jannah? I remember watching that video by Mohammed Hoblos, what is Jannah? And I was blown away. Like, what? You're telling me this is paradise? And then when he would describe the day of judgment, I would resonate with it so much. Um, because they don't sugarcoat it, sugarcoat it. You know, he goes, he tells you what it is, you know, for sure. So I, was be, I would be like, I like these concepts. I like the concept of Day of Judgment. I like the concept of paradise and hell. I like it. You need it for your life. Um, but there's still like, why for wives? There's still so many unclear questions in Islam. But I had this and I had the questionnaire uh, about like what I want to ask some Muslims. I've never met any. I would just be making that. So, But they had this fitra moment when I was jogging. Just everything came together, everything. When I, Once I learned basic Islam, like Day of Judgment, why pray, why Allah is worthy of worship, why is He one, I would just, it would just, incredible feeling would overcome me. And it basically just, the feeling was Islam is true. But I would ignore it. I mean, many reverts have this experience. I would ignore the feeling and I would just carry on. So another year went by, guys, this is how it is. This is true. Um, so another year went by, I would be again lost in the dunya in this world, but Islam was definitely already like very high on my radar. I was just trying to avoid it. I didn't want Islam, but it was just something, it was like a magnet pulling me in. It was incredibly attractive. Everything was just pulling me in. And when I learned something, I wanted to learn more and I would be, be like a, an engine. I would just be learning, learning. I would just watch hours of content, read like hours and hours of content really it was and this is experience with many reavers they they can't get enough of islam because it's so new for us we've never heard of it and so for me uh, the biggest point was just learning about islam learning about allah um reading the quran really just to ground myself i would recommend reading it before you know accepting islam because how do you know what's written there you know um, I would be highlighting certain parts I wouldn't understand or they would be too controversial for me. So that would take some uh, couple of months to also research. And uh, the biggest issue for me was like Islam was very clear to me uh, in terms of the main pillars, in terms of what happens when you die, in terms of what's the purpose of life, um, in terms of who is God, who is Allah. But the main issue for me was the kind of social aspect of Islam on the political level as a society. I saw the problems in the Middle East. I saw the problems in the war. And then I realized there's a bunch of Islamic sects and um, deviations and uh, history that, you know, I'm not looking into and I shouldn't even look into. Like uh, I was doing it correctly, just studying the the basics of Islam. And... Uh, I came to conclusion there's no other way of life I can uh, embrace because uh, this is the only thing based on the truth and I will be um, lying to myself if I would uh, go for atheism or anything else. So uh, at the end of the day, it was the only logical choice for me. I didn't quite have a choice because um, the only issues I had were kind of non-liberal policies of Islam. But that was just because of my liberal mindset. 
but I'm not a liberal now. So it changed, um, and it changed a lot. So like I, when I embraced Islam, I still thought some things which I don't think now, um, because Islam tells me not to think those things, and uh, it's correct actually, because what I had thought before was just programming. I was whitewashed by my school, my liberalism, and all that. Um, as everybody is, so you have these barriers, and you have to be really unbiased to to look at that. Now, to be honest, I wouldn't really study a lot the life of the Prophet, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I would look look at some some parts of it. I knew like the sirah, the basics, but I wasn't quite sure, and I wasn't very diving deep into hadiths. I don't think any revert is. Because that's kind of the secondary source of your um, religion. Let's put it this way. But yeah, I think maybe that's for another video. But later on, once I embraced Islam, uh, those were kind of my next uh, steps to study those uh, Sahaba and all that. Because Islam in real life is beautiful. Especially if you read about the Prophet's life and uh, the Caliphs and what happened in the first generations. It's amazing, you know, just to hear those stories. Yeah, and that kind of gives you gives you even more conviction um, that uh, the, you're on the right path. So overall, uh, basically, yeah, I, I was still dabbling in in, uh, in haram things, but I already knew I'm kind of walking to the path of Islam, even though I tried to ignore it. But it was just everywhere. I just learned about it, even though if I didn't want to, it was just like so attractive. And by the end of the year, I was just I think I was kind of drunk, drunked out. Um, and I, I and I just said to myself like I am again running in circles. I gotta gotta make a decision. You know I can't be undecided forever. And I know some people who have been deciding to accept Islam for seven or ten years. How insane is that? That's a that's actually a definition of insanity, because you're kind of stuck in limbo. You're not getting any benefit for anything. Um, so you either just forget about it or just move on, you know. Um, and I know it's difficult, but uh, so I said to myself, that's why you have to be very grounded in the religion. So I said, is there any other option that God doesn't exist? No, there must be God. It's, it was very firm. I had Quranic arguments. I had the arguments from design. I have the arguments from cosmology. I have philosophical arguments to back it up. It's very strong. This is never going to change. So the second was, as, uh, is there any other religion that talks about one God? No. They all talk about it, but they all take wrong turns in Trinity and all that nonsense. There's only one religion that talks about like oneness, and that's Tawhid, that's Islam. And, and then is there... So if I look at the scripture, because that was like a big step for me, like a scripture, what, somebody telling me something. If I look at it, does it make sense? And the Quran was like so mind-blowing you know it was really amazing to see and especially if you learn about how it was preserved how it was compiled compared to the bible you're coming off the christian kind of faith you you're not used to this level of authenticity authenticity and i'm not even talking about the hadith scientists and uh, the the chain of narrations and all that uh, so that was a game changer as well to just you know like subhanallah this quran is preserved it's the same words that have been written by at the time of the Prophet wasallam, and subhanAllah. And so when I read it, it was different. And and then I, you know, you can look up the miracles, the scientific proofs and all those, embryology, and they help, they help. But essentially my conviction was in Tawheed. And that's when you have that foundation, it's pretty simple, you know, it's pretty easy. Because I didn't convert because of uh, like Islam makes sense because it's against LGBT. That's not a reason to convert to Islam. That's a weak reason. Uh, because against LGBT you can have a fascism as well. You know, like that's stupid. You have to have some sort of foundation in your deen. And finally, around the New Year's Eve, I came to realization, 2020 I think, and it was like pandemic time, that I have to become a Muslim. Um, and then it took me like two or three months. It, it was actually two months to go to the masjids and uh, like practice Islam, learn al-Fatiha before actually saying the Shahada. So I would be like um, on the trial period, you know, like when you buy software, you have a trial period. That was my approach to Islam. I would like uh, test it out to see if I can handle it. So I would pray. I would, uh, you know, do all these things. I would cut out alcohol and cigarettes at all. Uh, like it would be completely out of my life. 
and uh, yeah, it was amazing. I remember first time in in the masjid, I would be just standing there in awe. Like there was there was no one there. It was like a bigger madrasa in Prague. Then I went to another masjid and uh, yeah, learned to pray, learned al-fatiha, all that. And after a couple of months, I said, well, I've tested it as a trial, and now I'm diving deep. Um, and I just pronounced the shahada on my own, and then I did the shahada with the guys outside. When I did the shahada, it was um, yeah, just a regular day, and I just said like, hey, today I'm doing it. I took my scooter, went to the square to see some guys that I knew, um, and they just told me some basics. I already knew it, um, and I said like, yeah, I'm like ready. <laughs> and then did the shahada and that's it and i never looked back bought some halal meat on the way back because i had the halal store next to my uh, apartment in prague and i was so happy i was like finally i actually affirmed this and imagine this accepting islam is the biggest decision in your life right because it will actually affect all your future so it will affect how you're gonna marry it will affect how you raise kids it will affect everything basically in your life your family relationships um, but it's the only decision that I took like two years to accept so I never made a decision like this before when you go to school to which school do you go to I made a decision very fast or what career am I gonna take it wasn't a decision like that but this was the decision that I've made for two years so it's the most important decision of my life and it's the decision I don't regret because I have made uh, so much research on it that uh, subhanallah I stand by anything Islam says and uh, yeah I'm very happy about it since then I never looked back really so if you're struggling with whether you should accept Islam or not just bro I'm telling you yeah it's incredible incredible feeling and incredible truth because you'll finally be connected to god like there's no other way you get connected to god i realized this because if you come up with your own thing it's not gonna be there because you don't know the mechanism you don't know what god wants from you you don't know nothing if you're convinced god exists if you're not convinced god exists listen to my arguments or watch that because those will be really like crucial because there's no other option then uh, and if you want to follow some of the religions, then, I mean, how does Hinduism make sense if God is one? How does, like, Judaism make sense if you can have a, an argument with God and you can win? What? How can Christianity make sense if there are three gods in one? all, And they are part of one, but they are all co-eternal, co-equal. What is this? You know, like... Um, you come to conclusion that... Every religion on this planet has uh, some piece of the puzzle, as Angel says, but uh, only Islam has a full picture because the only religion in this world that is about worshipping God is Islam. I'm sorry to say this, but it's true. All the other religions have some innovations, some polytheism, some, um, some man-made things all written all over them, which uh, make them you know, corrupted, even though they might have the original message somehow. So that's why I chose Islam. And then once you read the Quran, it basically just affirms that. Um, so I can't see someone who doesn't accept it. Besides, they have a, something in their heart, like some ego. Maybe they have a culture that doesn't fit with Islam like mine. Or maybe they don't want to accept it for some other reason. But essentially, truth stands like this and then you have to just go there um, and i would just say one more thing that if you're thinking about converting to islam what it will give you it's a structure for life so everything will be kind of in a in a structure your entire day is prayer to prayer to prayer to prayer you're always thinking about the next prayer where you're gonna do it uh, especially in ramadan like today uh, you're thinking about breaking your fast where do you work out you have a structure how to deal with um, you know your wife how to deal with your money or how to give charity um, what to eat where to eat where to get meat how to raise children 
um, how to be a good person, how to give charity, you know, um, all this is, is, is in Islam. So it gives you a coherent structure. What happens when someone dies? It tells you that you know how to deal with it. What happens if somebody does something else? You know what to do. If you sin, you know how to get back on the straight path, inshallah. So uh, it's basically like a GPS. Think of it as a GPS in your car and it points to Allah all the time. And all you have to do, all your job is, it's so simple. Just get on the, the Sirat al-Mustaqim, the straight path. So get on that path of GPS. So wherever it points, just go there. Um, and that's all you have to do. That's why Islam is simple. You don't have to be highly intelligent to get it. Or you, you can be like a simple farmer. It can work for everyone because it's just about getting closer to Allah. Um, so GPS points there. GPS points to Jannah, the, the paradise. And the road is clear. You can go. But you have to go, um, and in the you have roadblocks. You have your culture. You might have problems with you know some Islamic things like how do I get this done? How do I stop drinking? How do I? It's all a work in progress. You have years to go by. But imagine shahada is key to paradise. So if you die knowing about this, it's not it's not good. Like you, uh, the majority of scholars say you won't be accepted to paradise because you knew it's the truth, but you refused it because of culture, like myself, I know, because I was in these shoes, I refused Islam because I didn't like it, but I knew it's true already, like a year before it, so um, if you have that feeling already, man, it's not going to go away, this feeling is going to stay with you, so you just have to get to a place where you finally accept it in your heart, testify it with your tongue, make a shahada, man, and then you have the keys to Jannah, and of course, you got to die on deen, you, gotta, you have to die like a Muslim, but... It's, it's easier once you have done the Shahada. All right. One more thing. I can't imagine I've lived 28 years of my life without any knowledge of Islam. Um, I think it's a disgrace uh, of this modern system that it doesn't teach the major, the biggest thing in the world. It's more important than the mathematics. It's more important than um, economy. It's more important than weather forecast. It's because it's about your life and death. So, yeah. Um, it's cr pretty crazy. So I'm very happy I've discovered this purpose, this purpose of life. It's it's incredible feeling because we live in this hyper skeptical society. So when you finally find something which is solid, you're like, man, where was this all my life? Why haven't I seen it? And it's just this feeling you get is like, finally, I belong somewhere. Finally, I'm home. Finally, I found something that's real. All right. Alright guys, so assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Leave me a comment below and yeah, let's catch up in the next video. Hopefully, if you have any questions, I'll try to answer them. So thank you so much. See you in the next video, inshallah.